0: Okay, welcome to the New Year's Cackalack Panthers chat podcast where we talk all things Carolina Panthers, things totally unrelated to the Panthers, and we keep it fresh, light, and hype. Coming to you quasi-live from the Gate City, my name is Adam. I am one of your three hosts tonight. I have here with me BK and Mel. Are y'all ready to get started?
1: We're ready. Let's do it.
0: Okay, guys, but before we get into the show, we have got to give our disclaimer Folks, we are the unofficial Panthers podcast. The statements made on this show do not necessarily represent the views of those individuals making them. They may be the opinions of their alter egos or voices inside their heads. Opinions may change on the fly or after conscious deliberation or for no reason whatsoever. We are in no way affiliated with the actual Panthers organization, and we are wholly unqualified to opine and discuss, especially with authority, the efforts of professional football players but we do not let that stop us or Mm -hmm. even give us pause (laughs) most importantly we are simply years and decades long panthers fans who the actual panthers organization takes for granted and refuses field passes
1: this week's show is brought to you by the omicron variant When you want to decimate NFL rosters, destroy your fantasy football season, have your favorite college team's bowl game canceled, and make you terrified to see your grandma at Christmas all in the same week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, let's do a very short, abbreviated recap of... This week's game, uh, the Panthers versus Tampa Bay. It was uh, abysmal, as we've come to expect. And I was there to witness it in person uh, (laughs) with my five-year-old son, which was a great, great experience nonetheless. But BK, thoughts on the game?
1: It was bad. Um, You know, I don't think that they have a game plan at this Mm -hmm. point. It just seemed as though it was... Everyone and I've said this before, that it it really isn't, hey, we're gonna strategically use our quarterbacks in a way that makes any sense. It's just, hey, you go first until you screw up and then the next guy comes in.
2: Exactly, exactly. Oh, interception. And I knew right when came through that interception said, Well, Uh, Darnold's coming out next, you just watch.
1: And he did, and he did. And you know, it was also (laughs) just so frustrating to watch both of them get shellacked. Seven sacks in a game. (laughs) I mean, you really have no hope for either of them. Um, And then, you know, the fans, I mean, Adam, you were there. You could speak to it. I mean, booing Darnold before he gets out there. Then he throws the bomb, and everyone's like, hey, wait a minute. This is amazing. So, you know, the fans were just as bipolar as the coaching in this case. Um, It it was just really frustrating. I feel like Tampa Bay didn't even play that great and still – beat us bad.
0: You know in recent games there has been this overture by us I think as loyal Panthers fans that the um that the score didn't always tell the story of the game. Uh I think the score told the story <laughs> yeah, of the game yeah. <laughs> in this instance. 32 to 6 seemed to be an accurate representation about what was going on on the field. Yeah. Um yeah BK it was really a funny thing. You know I was texting you guys during the game just to see Sam Darnold come on the field and I don't know you said that they could you could hear it on TV you could. it was really really pronounced in the stands I mean everyone was booing um and uh it was funny because the my uh, son and I we went out to the um to get like a hot dog and and fries at uh after all of that had kind of transpired but I overheard one of the uh in stadium announcers talking about the interception that came through and I don't know if this was something that was um discussed uh, during the game on TV, but apparently Cam got bumped as he, he threw the ball. He did. Um, His elbow I think it was Michael hit. Jordan got pushed back into him, mm-hmm. um, you know, bull rushed by the the D lineman there. And that's actually what caused the ball to kind of float up there because during the game, as you watched it, you went like, oh, my God, what did Cam just throw? Yeah, it, you know? was,
1: it was just a, a gift. But, but
0: having some <laughs> having some context to that made a, a bit more sense. But nonetheless, there was clearly a, a fan favorite there in Bank of Ameri- America Stadium. It was Cam all day. And, um, uh, you know, the, the sad, the really sad thing for me was just that I think I think that's the last game Cam will start for the Panthers. Uh, Certainly, the last home game that he'll start for the Panthers ever. Uh, There were even some comments by him in the post-game conference that some folks were kind of taking as an indication he might be considering retiring at this point.
1: Yeah, it sounded like it could have been.
0: And that's hard to hear. You know, I was thankful just to be there for the last game. Uh, Cam's been, you know, big part of the Panthers organization for a long time. I was thankful that he got to come back and kind of um, play for them, you know, which was an opportunity that wasn't afforded him when he was cut, uh, in favor of, of Teddy Bridgewater, but, um, just kind of a, a really strange day. And, uh, you know, all the issues that we've talked about throughout the course of this season were really evident in the game. You know, there was, there was nothing new. There was nothing revelatory about the way we played. Um, so yeah, sucks been a hard season and, um, the, the game was almost a just a, a microcosm of the season generally
1: it's really frustrating too I think one of the other stats I saw at the end of the game that really made me just kind of go wow that's pretty abysmal is that not only were the quarterbacks not able to throw the ball but they were our leading rushers with 33 and 11 yards so when you can't throw the ball and you clearly can't run the ball six points is is uh, about all you should expect to have
0: yeah, you know what's other. What's also remarkable is just that Tom Brady had a very uh, mediocre day by his standards. Um, you know, 18 of 30, 232 yards, one TD, no interceptions, 82.6 QBR rating. Um, you know, just, just not a, a great day for him, but it didn't matter. No. <laughs> we, he didn't have to throw four touchdowns. We just got shellacked, and we really just – had no answer for that. Uh, Mel, really curious to hear your thoughts, knowing that this is likely the end for Cam. I'm you've...
2: Well, I can't really talk about that right now because I don't want to go through another breakup at this point. So <laughs> I was telling you earlier, Adam, y'all send me stuff to look at. I can't look at it because it might be something negative towards Cam. I still say you cannot evaluate him fairly based on being here a month and a half, having to face a new coordinator, and um, he's, he's just not really in sync with the team. Um, and the team was also going downhill fast. And, I mean, Sam Darnold didn't look good either. Not that I mean, not that he's the, the greatest quarterback in the world, but I also wanted to know, could you tell in the stadium there's – a part of me thinks, were the fans booing Sam or the decision to play two quarterbacks and the, the decision-making there?
0: I, I think it was just the fact that you've got Cam there, mm-hmm. and I think – just this is me looking at the the um, the body of work between the two players. Cam's not had a great, uh, you know, few games with the Panthers since he's come on. But I, I would still say he's looked better than Darnold. Um, I would say, though, just and this is maybe something that dawned on Cam. It kind of dawned on me during the game. Um, and I think this maybe speaks to like the larger quarterback issue here. Darnold was making throws uh, that Cam wasn't at, at at points when he came mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. He had more zip on the ball. He was he was putting it in tighter spaces. Uh I, I think, you know, one of the things that um is frustrating about Darnold is just that he struggles with decision making and he looks completely flustered in the pocket. Um, you know, that's that's one of the things I love about Cam. Even when he's getting walloped, he still just looks like he's calm and composed in the pocket. Sometimes he gets sacked, you know. Sometimes he misses throws, but he never looks like it's bigger than him. Darnold to me looks like the game is bigger than him. We've 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 made yeah. statements to that effect throughout the course of the season. Um, I and I didn't see anything about this game that made me think any differently of that. Um, so
1: that's I, th- I think that's a combination of two things. I think that's a combination of um the different confidence levels that each of them have, and tied to that is their experience. I mean, Cam is a former MVP. He has had success in the NFL. And if you think about it, Darnold has really not ever had any significant success in the NFL. So it's not as though he could say, I know I can do this. I can, mm-hmm. you know, I can make the next pass. I can make this, you know, drive turn into a touchdown, because he doesn't have a lot of experience doing those things. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I do think that Cam is Someone who, you know, is prepared for games. He is someone who is confident in his abilities. And he's got experience that lets him, um I think, approach it differently than someone like Sam Darnold, who had his run with the Jets, which was not too different from what these last couple of games have looked like for him with the Panthers.
0: True. Any final thoughts on the game, Mel?
1: No, I think... <laughs>
2: I think they were just I agree with BK totally it's just like there's no plan they just go in there and you're like what is this you'd see some sparks you'd see some hope and then
1: uh. I'd almost I'd almost suggest that it seems as though the coaches plan out like the first drive of the game because it seems like we have our most success in like the first drive or oh, two. Yeah. oh yeah and then once those drives are over they're like oh we were supposed to come up with plays for the rest of the game? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> it just kind of stops after that first drive or two. Yeah.
0: And, and, and this will go a little bit off topic here, but I was listening to Matt Rule in the post-game conference, and uh, in Charlotte, they have a show called Blue and Black, um, which is like basically a, a post-game, like almost like an immediate post-game mm-hmm. kind of like coverage thing. And uh, at my mother-in-law's house, I was watching that show, and Al Wallace, former Panther player, was commenting on Matt Rule. And it was just a really odd to me post-game conference that what I'm really trying to say is the comments made by Matt Rule in the post-game conference were really odd to me because, you know, he kept talking about at times, you know, like, I'm seeing it in the process. I'm seeing it the way that they're practicing. You know, I know that we're building or whatever. And Al Wallace made the said, they're all professionals. They're all professional football players out there. Every team in the NFL has only professional football players. Everybody's coming to practice and they're practicing hard. That's not the issue. At The bottom line is, at the end of the day, the wins and loss columns is all that really matters. So, you know, sitting out there and saying it's a process, we're seeing it, we're seeing it, you know, the growth that you see is in the wins and loss column throughout the course of the season. You had year one, okay, five and what, 12 last year? No, 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 five and 11. Five and 11. And 11. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, year two you're hoping to see growth there i i mean we've talked about this nothing but regression since the first three games of the season um but for those three games and my god what does this season look like yeah so i think much
2: worse. i think this that's it you if if Even if there were losses, if they were getting better, you could see, oh, wow, that was great. And if it were not for that one thing that happened in the game, we would have won kind of thing, you would say.
0: Yeah. And in the years past, you know, one of the things I always loved about the Panthers is even when we lost, we were always in games. You Mm -hmm. know, cardiac cats Mm -hmm. became a a, a way of referring to the the Panthers because it was like – every game was like within a score you know you were always in it to the end and that was just a uh one of those symbols and things that people were proud of to be you know a panthers fan you know it's like yeah we lost but you know kind of thing and and that's really not been the case since rule's been here uh the comments he made again after the post game or during the post game conference there was just like uh kind of a scratch-your-head moment um, for me because I just listened to them and I thought, this is guy, a guy that's trying to put you know lipstick on a pig, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. and I just don't see anything from him that's giving me confidence about what the future looks like because, sure, maybe the guys are practicing hard, but, I mean, to Al Wallace's point, I mean, like, everyone practices hard in the NFL, you know? I mean, that's what everyone's out there to do. That's not the measure of what makes a good team. So, mm-hmm. um that rule to me seems to be in over his head at this point. And uh, but that being said, from everything that I've read, it seems like his his job is safe into the next year. And um, you know, so we'll see. But um, as a Panthers fan, you know, as as people that do a Panthers podcast, um, it's been uh, a really hard season and really difficult to not really kind of see any growth or progress. So,
1: all right, everyone. This weekend, New Year's. Time for resolutions. Time to start talking about what the Panthers' resolution should be for 2022. There's got to be a lot of changes because things have to get better. Mel, what's the first resolution that you think the Panthers should make for 2022? You mean aside from when? (laughs) (laughs) I think first and foremost, very
2: boring, but... They need an offensive line. We haven't had one for a long time, and it's time. You saw Tampa Bay; they had like what three or four, three or four pro bowlers on their offensive line.
0: No surprise there.
2: And it was, you know, Tom Brady had all day. It's it just makes you you're not going to go anywhere. I think without a good offensive line, or you can if you have a great quarterback like Cam was in 2015, and you have a a a, a offensive line who can. Who can get you places, but we had Khalil then too, so it made a difference. So, you mean
1: getting sacked seven times in a game isn't going to help
2: you win? (laughs) I just don't see how you win that
0: way. Yeah, that's something uh, to look back on and think about. That we had some pro bowlers on the offensive line back then, not a great offensive line even then, but but certainly did a better job at protection. I also think Cam made them look better, you know, at Uh, that time. He was so mobile, he was just. you know, it was it was crazy not to uh, go down that trail too far, but during the game, you know, he had that um, opening drive run, what was like 42-yard uh, run that he went for, and like the stadium was just up and cheering. And it just made you feel like, oh, my God, it just feels good to see that from Cam. And I just remember thinking back to like games of old when he would just have like those – breakaway runs, you know, middle of the field, making guys miss, stiff arms, you know, it was just it was so fun to watch. It was. And I think he um again to the point that I was making, he just he made the offensive line probably look better than it than it really was. You know, when you see Tom Brady is a basically an immobile quarterback, you right. know, no no disrespect to Tom Brady. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can disrespect <laughs> but, um... and often do. But uh uh, he, he's just not going to be moving around I mean he, he knows what he's doing moving up moving back moving left moving right in terms of being in the pocket but uh, um, not not the kind of mobile presence that cam was back then so um, speaks a lot for how good that offensive line uh, that uh, Tampa Bay has right now and the fact that they give up, they gave up no sacks to what I consider to be a pretty decent front line by the uh, the Panthers so good point um, to your point, Mel, yeah, if we can improve the offensive line next year, I think that's that's a really important step. Um, if I'm going to say what my new year's resolution needs to be, unfortunately, I think it needs to be drafting uh, a quarterback. Uh, I was talking to a friend today about that. Um, it just seems like we still haven't answered that question. It is the most important position in the NFL, and I think no matter what you do unless you are able to have someone that can move the ball around and get it to your skill position players, um you're you're just not going to be successful. And and I know probably the retort uh to that would just be, hey, you know, if you can't protect them, dot dot dot. And I totally agree with that. I the unfortunate situation is just that we um we we really have a need at both places and it it's difficult to see uh how we can address both in this coming year. Um if I'm looking ahead, this is just going to be my my two cents here, but I think we probably should move back in the draft from whatever position we get. You know, we don't have a lot of draft capital. Mel, you've talked about this in previous podcast. Uh Scott Federer seems to do a good job at kind of creating new new spots, new uh uh, places in the draft that we can come and and select. Uh, I think we probably move back, take a quarterback in the first round, but later than we would be otherwise. Um, hopefully for that, maybe drum up a second-round pick, which we currently don't have, and uh, with that second-round pick, use it on a offensive lineman, and then hopefully in free agency, get another offensive lineman. I think Brady Christensen is probably someone we can build from in the future, um, he's playing the left tackle, not the, no, the left guard, isn't he? So yeah, if we can get some decent talent there at the second round and, um, you know, serviceable quarterback in the first, but later on, uh, I, I think that could bode well. Um, I think it's a year too late, not, not to be negative, but what is, uh, but yeah, maybe we could be creative and, and, and achieve some, some quality, uh, production by taking some creative steps but that would be my, my new year's resolution get a quarterback be creative maybe even get a a, a very serviceable to good o-line well, in the second round
2: here's a question related to that does any do any of y'all know if, um you know this year's draft is not supposed to be a good quarterback draft it's supposed to be one of the worst in years um do do any either of y'all know of any quarterback that came out of one a, a draft such as that where like it was like oh, it's not a quarterback draft but they picked him you know probably wasn't it may not have even been in the first
0: round but I, I've not heard that this is a bad quarterback draft uh, you know I sent you guys that article a, of a week mm-hmm. or so two weeks ago Um I think they're still projecting maybe three two four yeah, quarterbacks think- to come out in the first round I think the big difference would be that the first QB that they've got coming out right now is somewhere in between that 12 and like 15 pick. Whereas we saw three QBs get picked in the first 10 first, first, and then, and then first f- several first. Yeah. Well, it might've yeah, been but,
1: fewer than 10. Well,
0: I think all five, the top five that were picked were picked by like pick 13 or pick 14 yeah. or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, definitely, yeah heavy we knew that going in but you know kenny pickett i think is looking like he's going to come out i think some people got him going to the pittsburgh 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 steelers yeah um And I think they're somewhere in like the thirteen to fourteen range. So he's a he's a Pennsylvania guy. I think that's where they've got him going. But nonetheless, um, yeah, not a terrible QB draft, but doesn't seem to be as top heavy as last year's. To your point, Mel. Yeah,
1: and you know, there's certainly quarterbacks who weren't you know coming into the league with the hype that like Mm -hmm. you know Peyton Manning or Eli Manning or even Trevor Lawrence came in with, um, who've turned out pretty good. I mean. You know, you think about Patrick um, Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. Now he was like a top fifteen pick, I, I think. think. That's right. yeah. um, and then you know, you think about Aaron Rodgers. He was supposed to be a high pick, but fell all the way back towards the end of the first round, into the second round, even I maybe end of the second. first, second, beginning of second. Something like that. So that's someone who wasn't that high on a draft board. There's plenty of other quarterbacks, I think, out there. I don't know where Roethlisberger was drafted, but, you know, he certainly had an excellent career, won Super Bowls. But I, he wasn't someone who came out like, oh, this is going to be the next, you know. I then mean, there's whatever. Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever with him, but he's won and he wasn't a top pick. But you never know. I mean, it's it's just so hard to tell, I think. And, I mean, Part of the flip side to that is, I mean, you look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he was pegged as a can't miss guy and now granted he's had all kinds of stuff that he's had to deal with down there in Jacksonville between the coaching and everything else. But it's not as though like you look at his season and think, man, he is a superstar. I mean, it's going to take getting some players around him, getting some stability in that organization for him to really have an impact. Um, so I mean, anything's possible. You know, I I think moving back wouldn't be a horrible idea if that's kind of what we're going to be targeting. Um, I think you should be able to get a quarterback later in the first round who is still one of the better quarterbacks in the draft. I don't, I haven't heard that any are you know can't miss prospects, and you know even coming into this college football year, there were a couple guys who they were saying were can't miss, you know sure to be Heisman hopefuls who. After a few weeks, we had kind of already fallen off the radar, so hard to tell. You never know. True. So, one of my New Year's resolutions for the Panthers, um, and I think we've talked about this a little bit in in prior podcasts, are we've got to do one of two things with Christian McCaffrey: find a way to keep him healthy, or find a better way to use him that helps keep him healthy. Absolutely. Um, when you think about the impact of not having him on the field. It's just such a big deal, and when you look at how many games he's missed in the last few years, you have to wonder what the situation would be had he been in other games because he's – I don't know that he has the impact on improving the O-line the way Cam did in 2015, but having someone who can find space on his own or create a a short pass where the quarterback's getting rid of the ball super fast just right after it's hiked – it it could be such a difference. So so maybe if he's like a
2: slot receiver, and then sometimes they play him yeah. just as a regular back.
1: Yeah, some other way to use him where he's just not taking the pounding that he's he's taken as a running back. I all totally the time. agree with that. I hope they see that. I hope if you're listening, Panthers, <laughs> give us a call. We got some ideas.
0: Yeah, I I think we talked about that a, a few weeks ago. Uh, he's such a game changing player. Um, and if you want to preserve his longevity which i think there's every impetus for the Panthers to do that you got to he can't be in every down back. He can't be a 30 touch guy unless he's going to be a 30 touch guy on the slant. There's just there there just cannot be a situation where he's getting pounded uh up through the middle especially with this o-line. My god, the the things that this man has done have been magical considering yeah. what we've got as an o-line. Absolutely. And so, um, I don't know. He's got, I think he's, he's got two or three years left on his contract. Um, if we can find a way to use him and keep him on the field, I think that is the most important thing that we can do. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I like that one, BK. It's a good yeah. one. Let's figure it out. Let's do it. Panthers, call us, you know, <laughs> hit us up on Twitter, yep. you know, where we're at. Cackalack P chat. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we've got some things we can discuss. You know, we all we require is field passes. We say that every single podcast. A so
1: couple field passes, we'll give you more ideas. We'll, we'll minds. hold a few back.
0: Yeah, exactly. We, we, we don't even tell you everything that we're thinking on the podcast. We've got some really, really good ideas for you all. <laughs> <laughs> we're wholly unqualified, as we also state in the disclaimer. But That's yeah, right. Yeah. So hopefully we'll figure it out, guys.
2: Third topic, we want to talk about our favorite memories of 2021. Those might be few and far between. I'll start with mine. Everybody already's guessed it by now. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it was definitely um, the home camming, as they've called it, when he came back to Bank of America Stadium. Um, there were several others to go along with that, but that was magical and phenomenal when he came came out of the tunnel. It was just the best ever. And the stadium was like it used to be. It was it brought back so many warm and fuzzy memories.
0: Tell us what you were feeling. I I know we've talked about this before, but just kind of give us a sense, especially as maybe the not maybe truly the biggest cam fan I've, I've ever known, like what you were thinking, feeling, sensing at that moment.
2: Well, my cam fandom also comes from Cam as a person, I I do find him to be a great person. Like he's always given back to Charlotte and I feel like he has been done dirty so many times by the Panthers and just, I just want to see him happy and to succeed. So when I have, these players that I'm fans of, it's deeper than just their play on the field, generally speaking. So that's how it is with Cam. I, I think of him as like a friend, even though he's not. But I think of him that way, and I just want him to be happy and to succeed. So seeing him coming out, being so happy, and that energy that we've missed all year long. nobody's Nobody that I know of in Panther history, now they've been some greats like Smitty, he he brings the energy, but it's not the same kind of fan response
1: you get from Cam. So just just seeing that here, that was great. Cam, you can also hit a bell <laughs> on our Twitter and uh, reach out, slide into our DMs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I want to talk about that a little bit more though, because uh, you know we saw Smitty as we were talking about over the course of the the game. <laughs> Uh he he did a little quick uh shout out to the Roaring Riot and he mentioned a uh, Mel, I think twice in that little video yeah. uh snippet. And my question to you during the game was, Mel, is he referring to you?
2: <laughs> yeah, I I saw that it was it was actually the D Town Riot, <clears throat> which is Dallas, Dallas riot. And uh I heard I just played it because they said here's a cameo from you know, smitty and so i listened to it and his very last line was and male keep cheering for us and i was like oh my god could it be could it be but it, it's not there's obviously a male in the detail right
0: so what that something. wasn't the roaring Ride. that was a detail it is
2: it is the roaring Ride, but it's the dallas chapter oh and then they call themselves the detail okay
0: riot. so mm-hmm. we're we're sure that it's not you
2: unfortunately i was so excited
0: <laughs> well i'm just gonna say it was you
1: yeah, I don't know. it sounds like you
0: all I know is there's only one Mel that I know that's out there regularly on Panthers podcast stuff and that's you and yeah, we'll he's making it. a ref to a we'll Mel I think it's gotta be you
1: Especially, Smitty Smitty was probably thinking back to that time that you and I saw yes, him at saw the, the Starbucks, the Starbucks. Between, before the Panther game Right? probably wasn't actually him because he might have been playing for the Ravens at the time but, well, was, but they, ha- didn't, they didn't they have like a Monday yes night game or something so they weren't yeah yeah. well for our listeners mel and i are convinced that smitty (laughs) was hanging out in a starbucks just down the road from boa pre-game in what was that probably 2017 2016 16 probably 2016 i'm just
0: gonna say this steve smith is very fast and i have no problem believing it look if santa can deliver like three million packages in like you know what's it, 24 hours or something like that. Smitty can run between here and uh, Baltimore in like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> Probably.
2: <laughs> Adam, who is, what is your favorite uh, Panther memory this year?
0: So, hands down, my favorite Panther memory was Cam coming back in the Cardinals game. Uh, what was it? Second and goal. I don't think they gave it to him a first and goal, but I think it was second and goal. Uh, somebody's going to prove me wrong possibly but um but uh,
1: probably our one fan letter our, from our last one week. yeah our,
0: uh Kim s and Charlotte's <laughs> going to <laughs> question my uh my credibility here but um no him coming in that touchdown given the way that this season had been going up to that point uh seeing the elation and just kind of the whole response from the team that Absolutely. felt that was the best feeling I had had all year as a Panthers fan. It felt right. I mean, probably, it there
2: was probably the last couple of years.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, just it, it just felt right. You know, it was one of those situations where you know we had talked about it a lot in text, although not on the podcast, I don't think up to that point. But about like we're like, my God, Sam Darnold is terrible, and we've got this guy who we all love sitting out there unemployed and uh ready to play ball and you know the whole week leading up to that it was just very man it just felt i mean the you could just feel that energy you know Mm -hmm. mel you talk a lot about that but like leading up to that game you could feel it um and you know when that happened i'm I'm gonna say it's gonna sound terrible but it felt like a release of some kind (laughs) (laughs) it it
2: it was it was like didn't you sort of feel like, oh, my gosh, this is how it's supposed to be. This is the feeling, that feeling we had in 2015 we're trying so hard to get back to.
0: Totally agree. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it after that that, like, um, Christian McCaffrey did the weird, like, yes. like noodle arm yes. or whatever?
2: <laughs> oh, that was great. I you know,
0: <laughs> I mean, we laughed a lot about that, but it's just like there's an elation that happens when you – uh when you achieve the thing that you've set out to do, we have not had that um experience really at all this year but that was the one moment for me that really stood out I just I savored it you know I continue to savor it because it's it's just the thing that kind of you know as a Panthers fan you kind of kind of look back to and think about like well what was that moment in the season that really kind of keeps you going something I was thinking about on Sunday watching cam play and just kind of, looking back even a bit further uh, into his career and the wonderful things that he's done for this uh, team and just savoring it. Yeah, so that was far and away my my favorite memory of this year. Favorite Panther memory of this year.
1: (laughs) And BK, your favorite? So it's hard not to say that Arizona game and Mm -hmm. Cam coming back because that that has been really nice. And I I feel like um, where – Cam probably didn't get some of the respect um, both on and off the field at the end of his first tenure with the Panthers. I feel like he's gotten a lot of the love this second go-round. Even though the Panthers haven't been winning, I think people are giving him kind of his due at at this time. But y'all know that I am a recovering Jets fan. (laughs) In game one of this year, we beat the Jets, and you know there's something sweet in that because I did spend 38 years of my life cheering for the New York Jets. Um, you don't even look that old, BK. I appreciate that spice. Oh, yeah, that's that's so sweet. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> that's why you're my friend. Um, that young. I know it's quite young. It anyway. is very young. Um, and and to be fair, for a number of those years, I was you know living here in North Carolina, and I really couldn't watch. The Jets so I started watching the Panthers and so long as the Panthers and Jets didn't play I would cheer for both the Panthers and the Jets and up until a few years ago when they would play each other I would still pull for the Jets but um, this was the second game where the Jets and Panthers played where I was fully on board with cheering for the Panthers and so that was uh, sweet to see the, the Panthers beat the Jets um, I know it wasn't kind of a resounding victory, but I think at the beginning of the season, we came in with just so much unknown. Yeah. Um, and at that time, getting the first win out of the way was kind of, you know, nice. It was and a big deal. It was a big deal. And, you know, it led to two more wins. And, you know, after game three, I think a lot of us had very different take on where the season was going than where we are now. And so... That game one, I hate to say my highlight was game one, but mm. for me the highlight was game one taking down my former team and uh it wasn't, you know, necessarily they they didn't crush them, but it was still a, I'll take a win That's and right. starting with a new quarterback at the time, it was it was pretty sweet. So, game one win over the Jets was my highlight of the 2021 Panthers season.
0: Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was. <laughs>
1: Seems like 3 years ago, really. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We talked about it a couple of podcasts ago about like how the season has felt and seeing the, uh, the the Panthers teams just sitting along the uh, you know the sides of the trail in the Sahara Desert <laughs> and just destroyed and it's,
2: it's so terrible because I think at the beginning of the season. I don't know how y'all feel, but I'm just, I just get so hyped for football. I can't hardly wait till it's draft time. Then I follow them all the way through training camps, you know, everything that goes on there. And then it's time for football to start. And you're so excited, so hyped, especially this year because we really didn't have the same experience in 2020. So you're so excited. You're so hyped. You get into the season. It's rolling along with three wins. You think, yeah, yeah, you know, but you keep in the back of your mind, Hey, the first 3 seasons are not necessarily indicative of how it's going to go or the first 3 games. And so, but now it's like we're like is the season still going on? Could it end already?
0: <laughs> it's it's been a really long season. I remember seeing after the first 3 games, it was like NFL Network or whatever was putting up the stats like your likelihood of making the uh-huh. playoffs after you won <laughs> oh. the first three. It was like 67% or whatever. <laughs> I wonder what the likelihood of only winning two out of the next, like, however many games, games it was. Ugh. Probably significantly lower. But, man, we've managed to do it. But, anyway. We have. yeah, We have. Frustrating season. But, uh, yeah. Moving along, right? Got to look ahead. Let's and put
1: w- 2021 behind us. On
0: so yeah. many levels. But, yeah. Looking to 2022. So, yeah. 2022. Here we go. Here we go.
1: <laughs> All right, everyone. Time for the CPC fun topic of the week. This week... We've asked everyone here to come up with the song that summarizes the 2021 season. So we're going to start off with Melanie. What you got for us, Mel?
2: Okay, here's mine. Slip
0: sliding away, slip sliding away. Oh I get it Mel. Yeah. All yeah. right, so Mel tell us what we got here. No
2: explanation needed. No I don't think, I don't think so. so,
0: but uh, song artist what do we have here?
2: It's uh, Paul Simon's slip slide away.
0: And the reason for that I know no explanation needed but just the whole season
2: because it's just been going Slip, down, sliding and in fill. away. Yeah. Yeah. We've, had, we've had a couple of little bright spots. Arizona popped up and we all got excited and then you know but yeah
1: uh-huh. so thanks for sharing that Mel. Spice, what you got?
0: Here we go. Now hang me up to (laughs) (laughs) try
1: What you got there? So
0: definitely hang me up to dry because I feel like that's definitely been uh, the microcosm of the season. We have gotten whipped, wetted, and needed to be hang- hung out to dry. So uh, <laughs> so Cold War Kids, very famous song. But um, yeah, definitely for me just feels like that. Like just a, ugh, you know. I got gotcha. you. Um, I'm on, I'm on somebody's like clothesline, just uh, well, not me, I should say. The <laughs> Panthers. Panthers are on somebody's clothesline, just yeah. So, all
1: right, y'all. Well, here is my song.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good.
1: You know, I, obviously Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, gotta say she's from my hometown, good old Rockville Center, New York. So special shout out to Joan Jett living in the RVC. But, you know, part of being a fan is you get so wrapped up in this, you get so excited, you care so much. And you know, when things aren't going well, you still care and it just hurts so bad. Hurts. And you wish that you didn't. Oh my God, it's, it hurts. it's like a bad relationship. Like you don't want to care for them and love I them. Know. But this season has just felt like, man, I wish I didn't care. And I wish I could stop watching. But
2: BK, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I felt like I was the only person in the world that cared enough to like to actually lose sleep. Like it yeah. hurt. It hurt like a, like you said, a bad
1: relationship. It, was it like, is. Oh my God, this is killing me. It is. I mean, you know, obviously we all care enough about the Panthers to be doing a podcast about yeah. them. Yeah. So you know, we have put time and energy into thinking about the Panthers and watching the Panthers, and we'd be thinking, and you know, if we weren't doing this on the podcast and we all worked together, we'd still be doing it in Mel's office, or yes. we'd be doing it over text.
0: And we did it, and, and we do it. Yeah, so. and we
1: still do it. Um, but man, oh man, I think that's one of the things about. Really loving a sports team that stinks because when they lose, you wish you didn't care so much. You do. You're like, why do I put myself through this?
0: Yep, So true and such a reflection on this year taking uh, my oldest son to the Panthers game on Sunday. It was like I wanted to give him a reason to care. And the funny thing is he's young. He's five. When we're at home and we're yelling at the screen, he's yelling at the screen too, not knowing what he's yelling about. But uh, <laughs> there at the stadium, there was really not a lot of reasons to yell or be happier or excited. And I hated that. I think he had a great experience, but I really hated that. But um yeah. definitely really sets in for me, you know, just that whole sense of like, Ugh. Yeah. And that's what it's felt like. So that's I think true. great pick on the song, BK. Yeah. I like so, everyone's yeah. pick. It was
1: great. It. good so, job, y'all.
0: Okay. all right guys that's it but before we end this show we would like to thank all the crew that helped make the show possible our chief program editor susan b cutting our new head of culinary affairs Barry spicy our inspirational but impatient (laughs) preacher of a few words dr right meow our old-but-new, badass, take-no-sass yard is full of grass. Chief music producer, Vinyl Richie. Our staff writer, Penn Strokes, Our impressive research assistant, IB Smart. Our game-loss predictor, Lance Lide. And finally, our Quaker Oats liaison, Kareem Oweet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks, everyone, for listening to our New Year's podcast. Don't forget to reach out to us and follow us on Twitter at CackalackPchat. And try to find us wherever you get your podcasts. Look for Cackalack Panther Chat.
0: All right, guys. Anything else before we end the show?
1: Happy New Year and keep pounding.
2: Happy New Year. No need to make a prediction for the game this week. We all know where that's going. And keep pounding.
0: Thanks, Mel, for that. And yes, Happy New Year, everyone. And definitely keep pounding.